Ann Flynn. I'm a master healer who works with all earthlings to reunite them within themselves and with each other, regardless of the dimension they're currently in. Meaning, I'm a medium as well as an animal communicator, medical intuitive, and channel for all beings. I use the tools of shamanic journeying and soul retrieval to support animals and humans as they heal from past trauma. I'm certified as a Reiki master teacher and as a canine massage therapist. This is the Animals I View podcast. I have a secret to share with you all, which, of course, has its roots, no pun intended, as you'll soon hear, in the world of animals whose physical attributes are what most human researchers long to know more about, like the ability to change their skin color to camouflage themselves or the ability to otherwise alter their physical form so they look much bigger as prey so that other predators might be dissuaded, or how to use sound as a means to search out other beings either to protect their territories from invaders or to eat them. You know, exactly the sort of superpower most humans might secretly want to have given our own admittedly lowly physical form that's quite capable, don't get me wrong, It's just that we tend to prize one organ over the rest of them, and even that organ doesn't like being in charge as much as we force it to be so. The organ I'm referring to is the brain, the brain being capable of so many tasks and directives, and yet when we want to put it in charge and use only thinking to, air quotes, figure something out, that's a dynamic that isn't known to the brain. Well, it's... It's probably accurate to say it's recognized. It just is not much appreciated. It doesn't like being totally in charge because as part of the body, it understands that the body functions best as a whole. With the brain getting feedback from another entirely separate electrical system, the heart, from time to time, which a good number of humans might say is heresy, and so many other magical, mysterious things that the body does for all earthlings every moment of every day that we're in that body. And plus, the mind that we set outside of our actual body by some sort of extension that also makes it interchangeable with the brain itself, well, as I've said before, that doesn't exist in the world of animals. They would say, if it's not contained within the body itself, it doesn't exist. The animal superpower that I've often fantasized about is having a tail. I admit that I am more in tune with a cat's tail, perhaps, than any other kind of tail, and that a dog's tail, for me, would come in a close second mostly because of how darn expressive they are. I mean, come on. For being at the very tail end, pun intended, of their bodies, or from human experience perspective anyways, the tail is such a clear indicator of both thought and emotion of the being inside the physical form. And as such, they are an excellent indicator in a nonverbal way of the authenticity of said thought and emotion. In other words, the language of energy that simply doesn't lie, ever. 
so very different than our verbal language that although it shapes energy with the words we literally spell, it can still be a very far cry from our intentions, our thoughts, and our emotions. It's like because the tail being at the far end of both brain and heart of animal beings, the question is, is it a period? Is it a question mark? Are they wanting to put out there an exclamation point to what started on the front end of things? It's a continuity of thought and emotion that shows in action. And where beings in human experience get into trouble, of course, is that we either don't pay attention to the tales, messages, in energy, or we think that they're not applicable to us. It's true, of course, that all beings in human experience develop a tail, if you will, in utero that disappears at about eight weeks gestation. I'll put the link from WebMD into the podcast notes. And, of course, with Avatar being a particularly resonant movie for me, I'd like to think that humans would be ever so more true with ourselves and with each other if we had expressive tales that would do our truth-telling for us. And it's not just furry beings in animal experience that have tails, of course. Snake comes to mind as having one long continuous tail, as well as eel or other kinds of fish. There's a kind of prehensile tail that some primates have, which are able to act as a fifth limb in many cases, along with their feet of grasping completely around for stability of a branch or some other object. Talk about having more than two hands with which to do stuff. And yet, they don't prize their tail above their other four limbs, do they? They don't say, hey y'all, I'm the baddest cat in town because I've got a prehensile tail, like we are wont to do with our brains and intellect. And my apologies for the mixed metaphors. You know, as seen from this vantage point, it seems quite silly, doesn't it? that we place most of our planetary eggs, if you will, up in the head, and to a certain extent expect the rest of the body to just keep on trucking, except, of course, when we perceive it does something that we don't like and want it to be fixed, and moreover, that we turn the care of our bodies over to another being in human experience without the benefit of health intuition so that the energy body speaks to another energy body. Much in the same way that animals use telepathy, along with external expressive appendages, i.e. tails, to fully share themselves with each other, friend and foe alike, ready to carpe diem in the way of energy all around. The message regarding tails today is the word release, and it comes to us courtesy of Lizard, whose tails both can be released in an apparently surprising way, according to researchers, and grow back as well. Another clue for beings in human experience. Yet their tails grow back or regenerate because that's what serves them. And when we're talking about release as a metaphor, which of course we would be, thanks to our animal ambassador lizard, the release can be of what no longer serves us, certainly in the past, And sometimes, even in the present or the future, the latter being thinking you want to go in a certain direction. And when the energy begins to redirect away from that, for whatever reason, we beings in human experience have a really tough time following the lead of the universe. Why? 
because we think we know best and what a surprise, sometimes we don't. We fail to see that this planetary experience is part of the roller coaster ride or merry-go-round, if that works better for you, it does for me, and that just like these amusement park rides, we're not in complete control at all, or maybe even a little. And at the same time, we can raise our arms when the coaster car we're in flies downward into a valley, and we can hold on tight just as the car we're in climbs to perhaps dizzying heights, or switch that around if that serves your purposes better. We still get to choose how to respond to whatever the movements of energy in whatever car we're in or pony that we're on. We get to choose, as does every earthling, including lizard, and so they do. When researchers looked at why and how the lizard separates from its tail, as compared to, say for instance, the rat whose tail must be cut off, as in with force, we find that contained within the body of the lizard themselves is a design that, based on the movement that is attempted by those who would pull their tails, likely usually a predator, as you might imagine, lizard gets to choose how to separate from their tails. I'll put a link to the article on the podcast notes from the New York Times. It turns out that when the tail of a lizard is pulled, it has contained within the structure a series of loosely connected mushroom-shaped pillars and a cap to the mushroom that was dotted with tiny pores. So that rather than the parts of the tail interlocking together along the fracture planes where the tail would separate, these micro pillars appeared to only touch slightly. Gee, it seems like attachment isn't a good thing in the animal world. Another clue from Lizard today. And of course, the human perspective was that because these only touch slightly, they wouldn't be that sturdy or hold the whole tail together in such a strong way. And that assumption would be partly right. It seems that the tail can withstand pulling based on these loose connections because lizard choose to partner, in a way, with the pulling of its tail. To follow the lead of the tail being threatened with separation, not by resisting the pulling motion, but rather by adding a slight twist of the tail. As if you might say they were heading in a different direction of the pulling motion, which seems likely in the way of predator and prey, and likely recognizing that it seemed inevitable that my tail and I are going to be parted and it's useless to resist this because it then just creates an impasse of energy. Instead, I'll change direction slightly and follow my body. And my body says that if I head in a different direction and to a certain extent not resonate with resistance, this bending or twisting motion actually helps my tail to, quote, cleanly cleave in two along the fleshy fracture plane. The article goes on to quote, it's a beautiful example of the Goldilocks principle applied to a model in nature. It appears to be a perfect balance of adhesion and release that can be similarly found in the toes of geckos. And so, we have arrived at the channeled message from Lizard, that of release. This is how they begin. 
You may think that being cold-blooded and very different from you beings of warm blood, that there is nothing to learn from us. Yet as we are closer to the ground than you are by far, we gain much wisdom from Earth herself about how to work with energy as the tectonic plates danced under the oceans every single day. We know that from our mostly rapid movements, perhaps some of our species withstanding, we may appear to be frivolous and unaware of who we are and how we are on our shared planet. Nothing may be further from the truth. We would submit that humans seem just as harried and frivolous in their actions as you chase so many things that may or may not be meant for you. Because you do not listen to the siren song of your soul as the rest of us do. You ignore what is meant for you by choosing to engage with energy when you would be much better off releasing whatever part of you engaged in the first because surely at that point you know no good can come from continuing further. There is as much grace in choice when the energy shifts so that even the tip of your tail, if you had one, would vibrate with the shift in direction for you to go. And when you choose that new direction, even if it is changed slightly, you also know that down to the tip of that tail soon to be released, only your highest and best good matters. And certainly not any choice that our ambassador mentioned you may be making on this admittedly crazy roller coaster ride. Because when you choose highest and best good, all manner of things, both light and contrast, in balance, partnership, and unity come forward. Just like our bodies show us the way by separating our tails just so, your bodies as well whisper, cajole, and sometimes scream for your attention. Learn to listen because only what the body says matters, on this planet anyway. And at least... This is how Lizard sees it. Thanks for listening today. Leave a review if you're so inspired and be sure to subscribe to this podcast. I offer all new clients a free 15-minute consultation. Reach out if you think I can be of service and to schedule online via www.lizanneflynn.com. Come and find me on social media, Facebook, Twitterverse, Instagram, and LinkedIn. I encourage you to sign up for my quarterly newsletter on my website, where I also post notices for upcoming events. The starting date, of course, is in the Animals Eye View Academy and online psychic fairs. Coming up on the next podcast in two weeks' time, I've got some really interesting messages from formerly known as UFOs that we're now calling UAPs, Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon. Needless to say, part of the message is, we know quite well who we are. Thank you very much. I hope you'll tune in to hear more. This has been the Animal's Eye View podcast. I'll see you next time. Thank you.